You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News, SprottMoney.com. It is the first Friday of May, May 3, 2019. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your usual host, Craig Hemke, and joining us is our usual guest, Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Craig, good morning. Uh, kind of a, a tough week for all of us, but lots of very interesting things going on, believe me. A lot of very interesting things, especially the reaction to today's job report. Before we get into that, though, it is May, uh, which means we are now about a week away from Mother's Day. And so for all of our listeners, if you haven't gotten a gift for your mother yet, uh, be sure to stop by SprottMoney.com. We've got some great gift ideas, including some new numismatic coins for our Canadian listeners. After all, of course, what mom wouldn't want? Some sound money, gold or silver, for Mother's Day. You can, of course, check out all the selections at SprottMoney.com or call us at 888-861-0775. You mentioned, uh, Eric, yeah, it's been a very tough week, but interesting reaction today to the U.S. jobs report, which came in above expectations, but wage growth was less than expectations, and it almost seems now that we're getting maybe a little bit of a bank manipulation to the upside, squeezing some of all those shorts that came in this week. What do you think? Well, you know, when I look at the uh, the report, there's, there's one thing that rarely gets discussed, and I mentioned this in the last jobs report, the last a strong jobs report, where the participation rate went down, okay? And so I took a look, quick look at today's report, and the participation rate went down by a mere 490,000 less people in the workforce. So we added two, 263, I think it was, and we lost 490. Well, what do you think the personal income is going to look like in April with that kind of with that kind of number of people? And of course, nobody goes into it much. It, normally, the bond market is the one that's got it all figured out. And of course, the bonds didn't even move on. You know, we're all supposed to be surprised. Interest rates are going to go up because everything's so strong, but it isn't strong. And uh, that jobs report with four hundred ninety thousand people out of the uh, workforce in April of all months. Why would people be leave, leaving the, the workforce in April? I could understand it in January or maybe February, but not April. You'd think more people would be being hired. And I think there's a, a strong case for suggesting that the economy is not nearly as strong as people suggest it is. Uh, we've seen delinquencies arising on home mortgages, on car payments, uh, some weak uh, PMI numbers. Uh, oh, by the way, when we had that GDP report last week, I think it came out on Thursday, Friday, Friday, and uh, they said that growth was 3.2%. Uh, a fellow named David Rosenberg, who's that uh, a Canadian money manager, um, he sort of this, this broke the whole thing apart. He said, no, it was actually minus 2%. And, of course, you know, you, you see it across the board in a lot of these companies that report their earnings. They're not strong. They're always a beat, of course, uh, which I want to get to, but they're not strong. So I think there's lots of, uh, evidence out there uh, that between the fiscal and monetary policies, they're not things are not getting out of line. And of course, inflation is one of those indicators, right? That there's no digest. The wage growth is not that high. I think it was like 0.2 percent hourly rate increase. So I mean, it's not not exactly robust. But you know, the commentators love to suggest that everything's wonderful. That they do, my friend. Uh, and it would be interesting to see how this continues to play out from here. I've suggested that perhaps uh, where they've overplayed maybe now on the other side of what Powell had to say this week 
in that it was at the last meeting, he said they'd found a neutral rate finally at this current 2.4% Fed funds rate. And that's really all that he reiterated this week was that they were at a neutral rate and not ready to go one way or the other. But yet gold, of course, got smashed. And it's funny how it got smashed because uh, it actually went up initially. Then <laughs> it went down later. I, I think when when he sort of made some kind of pro growth comments in the, uh, the, the the interview after, um, but there's been a lot of criticism of the Fed here. We had some funny things happen. This uh, I O E R the interbank offered uh, excess reserve rate, something like that, uh, was cut. Uh, and, and there's a lot of suggestions uh, that the Fed's kind of losing control of interest rates here. We still have an inverted yield curve, yep. which does suggest that there's no one out there thinking there's any great amount of growth happening here. When you can, when the 10 years below the uh, the three month, uh, it, it's telling you you have it's it's the best indicator of a recession that there is out there. So. Um, you know, the, the Fed is, was neutral, I guess, totally neutral. But the market, the bond market, is getting concerned about uh, these Fed funds rates now pushing above the uh, the out years in the bond market and creating an inverted yield curve. Here's a little interesting dichotomy that was reported, I think, just yesterday, Eric. Uh, all of your friends over there at the uh, World Gold Council reported gold demand for the first quarter. And the central bank gold demand came in at 145 metric tons for the first quarter. So they're on pace to to just have a massive year again in, in central bank gold demand here in 2019. However, on the retail side, the GLD since February the 1st has shed nearly 80 metric tons. Um, I don't know. Do you think maybe those two are related? Uh, I'll let you kind of take it from there. Sure. Well, I never, uh, I'm not much of a believer in GLD that they have the gold, uh, or, or that it's not used to offset needed demand for gold. I think the most important part about the World Gold Council first quarter numbers was that the demand was up 5%. And, uh, you know, when you have demand up 5% in a market where the mine supply is not going up, things can get very interesting. And it, it does appear that a lot of central banks, uh, not so much the Western ones, right. but the non-Western ones are the banks that are um, beginning to add gold. When you think of China, it's just beginning to add. India is just beginning to add. And of course, Russia has been adding for a while and some other banks, but those are big countries. And if they come in and, and continue to buy gold in increasing quantities, it's going to get tight in a hurry here. And of course, you know, one thing you and I always discuss is, well, what goes on in the COMEX, which is the crazy paper market. And, uh, you know, we all seem to think that that's going to determine, and it does in the short term determine the gold price. But given time and excess physical demand, we can have that price moving against the manipulators on COMEX here. I found it interesting that today the price of gold goes up with that strong jobs number. Well, I think the boys have have knocked the stuffing out of the technical funds and it's time to, to to go the other way. So I think we have that to look forward to as we move forward here. Yeah, we've, we've been watching that commitment of treasury report, Eric. I'm sure you have as well with the positioning. Now on the silver side, the, the speculators are actually net short again. I'm sure that has caught your eye. Absolutely. There's been a huge reversal. 
uh, I would imagine it's even more substantive today. Now, we won't get that, I don't think, in this Friday report, because that, as of Tuesday, and a lot of the carnage this week happened uh, post-Tuesday. So I would imagine that uh, the commercial banks have them exactly where they want them, and uh, we could have some interesting developments. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, we had one question come in this week from a listener that uh, kind of gets back to what we just spoke of a moment ago regarding uh, how will the bank control of price, we're talking about bullion banks and the rest, how will that control ever end? Uh, can the system be challenged at the highest level? Um, and it's interesting, we'll, we'll maybe bring the subject up as we note uh, the passing uh, the, this week of Bart Chilton, the one CFTC commissioner mm-hmm. who ever seemed to have an interest in, in taking a look at it. Well, as you and I discussed before, uh, all manipulations end, okay? The London gold pool ended, I forget what year it was, 1967, when they were trying to control the price of gold. The price of gold went crazy. Uh, it, this, too, will end. And uh, I think just the, the fact that uh, the central banks are getting involved, the fact that gold demands up 5% in the first quarter are indicators of what the trend is. Um, I was reading an article by Ray Dalio who was suggesting that Modern monetary theory is going to be accepted, wow. uh, which I had a very, very tough time getting my head around that and all the things that would happen. And it, it's an interesting premise that if you have zero interest rates, uh, theoretically, you don't mind having debt, right? <laughs> you can have yeah. zero interest rates. Right. I've got debt. It costs me nothing. Uh, and uh, that was kind of his argument that... Uh, the uh, the fiscal policy and the monetary policies are not working. They're not. It hasn't worked in Japan. That for the thirty years that they had zero interest rates and and um, printing of money, it hasn't worked because you're not putting the money in the right places, i.e., people who can spend it. Uh, in fact, speaking of people spending, one of the weakest parts of the first quarter GDP was that personal spending was up something like one point two percent, which is the weakest in years. So there's a certain element of people that that have to support the economy who don't have the wherewithal to do it. And Ray Dalio says, well, you know, maybe just give checks to people who are going to go spend and earn money. So that's a bit of a, a head scratcher. I think it would be very good for gold, by the way, if we went that route because we just through the kind of irresponsibility of the whole system. Um, I, I did want to talk about one other thing, though, and I want to talk about Apple. And the reason I wanted to talk about Apple, I don't, I'm not a student of Apple, a company, but I, on, I guess it was Wednesday morning when Apple reported the night before, it was a 5% because they beat. Um, I better take a look at that. So I finally pulled up their earnings statement. And last year they earned 273 in the quarter, and this year they earned 246 in the quarter. Hmm. So it went down by 10%. But the estimate was 236. So they beat, right? And the stock was up five percent. And of course, at the end of the day, it wasn't up five percent. You know, just because you beat doesn't mean your earnings are going up. Right. And in, in fact, I would say that you know, a company like Apple having your earnings go down by ten percent and coming up with modest uh, forecasts, hey, look out! This the stock's overvalued here. Yeah. So uh, it's just a sign to me that somehow the the discussion of something can create activity in markets which has no relationship to reality. 
Yeah. So I just point it out because you see those things happen and they just seem so incongruous to somebody who thinks things should be logical because they're not logical. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice if that same standard was applied to quality companies like, say, Kirkland Lake or any other miners that yeah. when, when they beat yeah. expectations, they go down? Well, it, and I can guarantee in the example of Kirkland Lake, when I think of the, the glide path you could see two years ago, and how long it took to manifest in the market. And I look back and I shake my head. Why couldn't people get it back then? Why do we have to wait two years to figure out that if you discover high-grade gold, the earrings are going to go up? So, so you're right. I mean, it is a, there's, there's a disconnect there for sure between the reality of a situation and, and the appropriateness of its uh, market capitalization. While I'm on... Uh, Kirkland Lake, they had a great drilling report that came out yesterday on their Macassar property. It, and and I, I only know uh, what I read that everyone else read. I haven't spoken to anybody about this. But it looks like they, the, uh, they've discovered a couple of new zones up in the Kirkland Lake camp. And uh, that's a big, big camp. It's already produced 25 million ounces. We own a lot of the land up there. So I think there's going to be lots of years of production from uh, the Macassar. And, of course, once we get the shaft down, our production will bubble there. So that all looks pretty good. Terrific. Hey, before everyone goes, I want to invite everybody to stop by SprottMoney.com and uh, check out the uh, Ask the Expert segment. It's, you can find it along the navigation bar. Uh, this month, or I guess it was now last month, our expert was Josh Fair of the Scottsdale Mint. Uh, there you'll also find that we've recently spoken with uh, folks at the Royal Mint, the Royal Canadian Mint, and the Perth Mint. If you are interested in bullion, if you're interested in numismatics, you should be sure to check out those podcasts. Again, they're right there at the here on the SprottMoney.com uh, website. Um, and again, one last thing about the deals you can find there. Eric's pick this week is the Scottsdale Stacker, which I've actually got some of those babies on my desk. They're pretty cool. Again, check it out at SprottMoney.com. Or call us at 888-861-0775. Eric, uh, it's been an interesting week. Um, very interesting hey, to see where hey, we are next week. Yeah, yeah Craig, there's one thing I forgot to mention. That, and it might actually be the elephant in the room. The China trade thing. That looks like it's having a tough time coming together here. And I I think that the market should start doubting that it's, it's going to be such a big win-win for the U.S. here. I think that... Uh, the negotiations are getting very intense, and I think there are some major stumbling blocks, and I've never imagined the, the Chinese are going to roll over and play dead. So uh, that is going to have an impact on markets here. Well, yeah, and if it begins to begin to uh, impact the equity markets negatively, well, we know how that happened, how that worked back in the fourth quarter, so that might be something to keep an eye on. You're absolutely right. And at this point, I think we'll sign off. Thank you uh, again. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. All the best, Craig. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next Friday.